into our message. Uh, the musicians, you guys did so good. Thank you. Amen. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Uh, right now, I'm going through a message that I consider very welcome back. <laughs> yeah. I'm going through a message that I, I consider this topic the most important topic in the whole of scriptures. That's what we're going through. The most important topic, subject, in the whole of scriptures. And we should understand it. And if you don't, it's going to be really hard to walk with God. It's called faith. And I titled this message, Obedience of Faith. Obedience of Faith. Faith in God. That's the only link to God. You can be a good person, but until you have faith in Jesus Christ and what he has done, you have absolutely no link to God. This is the only way to get to God. This is the only way to get God to do anything. Faith. If it's going to happen on earth, you have to believe. And it's simple. We make it too complicated. It's really simple. All we need to do is trust that God will keep his word. Will God keep his promise? If you really believe that God will keep his promise, and you truly believe it from the heart, that's faith. If you have that in your, uh, your heart, and you act on it, God will immediately respond. Let me tell you this. God will never overlook faith. It is impossible for somebody to have Bible faith in their heart. And God says, well, I'm not going to do anything. No way. God will always respond to faith. Now, faith in Christ, faith in Jesus Christ, is the answer to every human problem. No matter what your problem is, God, faith, your faith in Jesus Christ is the solution. It doesn't matter what it is. That's the only solution. If you need a miracle... You need faith. If you need something done, you need faith. If you need wisdom, you need faith. Even if you want to pass an exam, you can actually call on God and ask, God help me. And if you trust him, you will pass. Because Jesus said, all things are possible to the one who believes. When you believe, you are immediately transformed from being just an ordinary human being to be walked to a place where you are walking with God and doing things that are impossible. So faith is the only solution. Sincere faith in the heart of a person. When God sees that your faith is sincere towards him, he responds. If there is no faith, you won't even know there is a God. You won't feel him. But once you begin to trust in God and begin to have faith in Him, He knows He can do business with you. That's when you begin to realize, really, there is a God. It doesn't 
fails me when I hear people say, we don't think there is a God. I don't believe in a God. You're right. I mean, draw near to God and God will draw near to you. Move away from Him. You won't even feel His presence. But I want to go nearer to Him. If you have faith in your heart, there's got to be a corresponding action. Faith in your heart, if you say you really believe and there is no corresponding action to your faith, that's fake faith. True faith in God will always go with a corresponding action. If you truly hear from God, you have faith in your heart. And when you have that faith in your heart, it will come out. It will surface somehow in your action. Maybe through words. Maybe just doing something. Maybe going somewhere. But if you truly have the faith, Bible faith in your heart, you will do something. Your action is the only evidence of your faith that God sees. Remember the story of the man that, that was brought through the roof? Jesus was in the house. And he said, when, God, when Jesus saw their faith, he saw their faith because of their action, what they were doing. Until your faith has action, it won't benefit you. Faith has to go with action. You know, the Bible says in uh, James chapter 2, verse 19, it says, you believe in God, you do well. The demons also, demons also believe and tremble. So you haven't done much if you just say you believe, but you're doing nothing with your belief. The demons, they believe as well, but they're not saved. You need to believe and act on it. Now, I'm going to say this. If you hear the voice of God, you have no choice but to believe. That's why we talk about coming into the house of God. So that you hear the word of God. Because faith is an uncommon commodity. Faith is the only thing that you can use to do transaction with God. Everyone doesn't have that faith. The only place you can have faith is from the word of God. Make yourself available to the word of God so that you can have faith. Because faith will bring you everything that you need in this life will take care of your family will take care of your retirement will take care of your children will take care of everything that you need in this current life faith in god but you need that faith that has action attached to it if you hear the voice of god you believe you know in in psalm uh, 29 verse 4 it says, the voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of God is full of majesty. When you hear his majestic voice, you will obey. It's hard to hear that voice of God. And not respond. You can read the Bible and not hear his voice. And don't even understand. But if you truly want to hear, God will open it. And you can hear it as somebody's preaching. Somebody's, just like we're doing this morning. God will just 
speak to you apart from what the pastor is saying. And then all of a sudden, that thing right goes into your heart and faith is born and you want to do something. Now in Psalm 93 verse 4, he tells us that the God is greater than the voice of many waters. God's voice is greater than the voice of many waters. He is such a good God. Until you hear His voice, nothing will change. I can, I'm now thinking about Saul, Saul of Tarsus. Tarsus, remember? Who became Apostle Paul. The Bible tells us that he was just really persecuting the church, killing the people in Jerusalem. Stephen, Paul was there when Stephen died, and he says he was breathing threats against the church. And he was, I mean, really nothing. He was a Jew. He had heard about Jesus. He knew about Jesus. He probably listened to the preaching of Stephen, but he did nothing to him. And then he was on his way. He had gotten some permission to go take some Jews from the synagogues in Syria, another country, and to bring them back to Jerusalem and put them in jail. And on the way, a bright light shone on him. And he fell to the ground, he said. I fell to the ground. You can read in um, Acts 22. He said, I fell to the ground because of the bright light. And then a voice spoke to me. The voice spoke to him and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Notice, he immediately knew this is a powerful voice. He says, who are you, Lord? Who told him? He's the Lord speaking. That was the great voice. That powerful voice. Now, he's going to kill his disciples, but we're not talking about now. Who were you, Lord? And Jesus said, I am Jesus that you are persecuting. And he says, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Because when you hear his voice, there is faith in your heart. There is a change of heart. And you want to do something. Faith without corresponding action is dead. You got to act on your faith. If you, if you read that scripture in Acts chapter 22, verse uh, 9 and 10, verse 10 said, those that were with me, they saw the light. But they did not hear the voice. And those who were with me indeed saw the light. When that light shone, brought daylight about noon, they saw the light. But they did not hear his voice. We don't read about any of them that got converted. But the one who heard his voice, faith was born in his heart. And he responded. When you read the scriptures, God speaks to you. Make yourself available. A lot of Christians don't understand how your life can be transformed. Maybe listening to a Sunday school teacher speaking, and all of a sudden they're saying something, and God speaks right to you from what they're saying, and your heart gets hold of it, and your life is transformed. He took Paul just one encounter of the voice 
and his life was totally transformed. His life was totally transformed. In Acts, in I believe John chapter 10, Jesus was saying, the the, the Jews came to Jesus and said uh, to him, if you are the Christ, why don't you tell us? Just tell us. We want to know. You're getting us so confused. We want to know if you are the Christ. We know John the Baptist. That's not what they said, but it was obvious. Every one of them knew. John the Baptist had made it clear to all Jews. Every Jewish man knew that John the Baptist was saying, that's Jesus, that's the Messiah. And they saw the miracles, but still would not believe. They heard about the blind man that, whose eyes were open and still would not follow, would not believe. And they seek out the God to go to him and to say, you, you're confusing us. Tell us plainly. We need to hear plainly from your mouth. If you are the Christ. He said, I told you. But you will not believe. He says, you are not my sheep. You don't hear my voice. If you are my sheep, you hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. When you hear his voice, your life is changed. Faith is born. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And you only, people, there are a lot of professors. They read scriptures and they can quote them, but God's not speaking to them. I'm going to encourage you this morning, tell God, if you really want to hear, God, speak to me. I'm not talking about some gooey stuff in the night, you know. That's not what I'm talking about. (laughs) God's speaking to you from your word. And all of a sudden, it's like you see the light. And then you hear the voice. Seeing the light alone is not enough. They saw the light. But they didn't hear the voice. And faith comes by hearing. And hearing through the word of God. When you hear his voice, you can't but obey. That's the key. Once God has spoken to you, you can't rest. You will obey. Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6. You remember Isaiah? He said, I saw the Lord. He was already a prophet. I saw the Lord. His train filled the temple. There was smoke. I heard, I heard the angels saying, holy, holy. He spoke. And then he said, afterwards, I heard the Lord saying, Who will, whom will I send? Who will go for us? He heard that powerful voice coming. The next thing he said, send me. I'll go for you. When you hear his voice, you go. When you hear his voice, you act. And you act him without realizing you heard his voice and faith was born in your heart and you are responding in faith. When you don't react, when you don't act, it's because you haven't heard his voice and faith has not been born in your heart. So I cry out for that. The obedience of faith. The obedience of faith. When you hear his powerful voice, you're, you can't rest. You've got to do something about it. It's hard to hear God speak to a person and the person refused to respond. 
That thing will follow you everywhere you go. You can go dig yourself in the basement. He's still there with you. And some of us have experienced that when God tells you to do something, you can't get away. He follows you everywhere you go. You are at work. He's still speaking to you. Amen. If you are not excited, I'm very excited. If I'm not this is very exciting for me. Amen. But that's the way Abraham lived his life. The thing I believe that's holding us back from seeing great works of God, hesitation. We hesitate when it comes to obedience. And every time you hesitate and delay and try to calculate and put things together in your mind before you respond, you miss out totally on a miracle that God wants to do. You hear his word and you obey. Even if you don't understand it. Hear the word and act on it. Don't go discuss it with anyone. Don't go around discussing it with anyone. They will tell you something is wrong with your head. Don't ever go there. Just obey. You can read in the scriptures. I believe it's in Matthew chapter 12. The man who had the withered hand. You remember that? Let's read that scripture. Matthew chapter 12 verse 13. He says, Jesus said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out. And it was restored as as whole as the other. When was his hand restored as whole? Didn't he have faith? He had faith sitting there listening to Jesus. I believe he did. But his hand was not restored just because he sat down there believing that Jesus was the Messiah and believing that Jesus could heal him. That's not, that was not when his hand was restored, according to the scriptures. When was his hand restored? When Jesus told, told him, stretch out your hand? No, that's not what the, that, that wasn't the time his hand was restored. I don't know how many seconds went by before he responded, but Jesus spoke to him. Didn't pray, just stretch out your hand. But at that time, nothing was going on, right? The Bible is very clear, and he stretched it out. And he stretched it out. It was when he stretched it out, when he obeyed, which I call the obedience of faith, that's when his hand was restored, whole as the other. Jesus said, everyone who puts his hand on the plow, and looks back, he's not fit for the kingdom. There's a principle here. When God has said something to you, whether it makes sense or not, act on it. Just act on it. God may be saying to you, you've been praying, God, I, w- God, I want you to use me. God, I want you to use me. God, I want you to, I want, I want you to use me through, uh, do a miracle through me. Now you're sitting in the office, you turn around, and a voice says to your head, why don't you lay your hands on that person? <laughs> Here comes the argument. Lord, you see, he's drinking his coffee. And he, he, he won't appreciate. God, that's my boss. He's going to be very upset. I heard him say the other time, he doesn't like all these Christians. And now, you're asking me to go lay my hands on him? Devil, get behind me. You know, you're not going to obey. 
And then when you timidly drag your feet, you know, <laughs> okay, sir, and you lay your hand a little bit, and the guy said, what do you do? When you just put your hand, the pain, my headache just went up. <laughs> then you start acting like you really knew what you were doing. Now you're bold. But you're obedient. That's all God is asking for. You may feel nothing, but just obey. Obedience of faith. When you've heard his voice, faith is in there. Now act on it. That's the way Abraham lived. The Bible is telling us that we should walk in the steps of Abraham's faith. The Bible tells us, New Testament saints, walk in the steps of Abraham's faith so that you can be part of the covenant of Abraham that was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And I want to go this morning to just take you through Abraham, how he responded to God, so we know how to respond to God. Because I'm, I'm, I'm very sure there are many of us that God has spoken to, maybe you're having financial difficulties, and you came to church, and all of a sudden, <laughs> you only have $2,000 in the bank, just assuming, and God says something, some thought floats through your head, give a thousand in the offering today. Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> Not doing that. And he start to reason. I have 2,000. If I give 1,000 off, now I have 1,000 left. We know that. You only have 1,000 left. But God knew that also. He's asking you, so you fight with it, and you say, God understands. Uh, my children have to eat. You just lost your miracle. You just lost your miracle. Obedience. When God gives you light, act on it. Even though it may not make sense. It's called the obedience of faith. The Bible tells us in Romans 4 verse 12, it says, And the father of circumcision, that's Abraham, father of circumcision to those who not only are of the circumcision, not only Jews, but who also walk in the steps of the faith which our father Abraham had while still uncircumcised. In other words, we, God is expecting us Christians to walk in the steps of Abraham's faith, how he walked with God. That's the, that's the model to follow as a Christian so that God can transform my life and transform your life if we are willing to do this. Now, with Abraham, if you go to uh, Genesis chapter 12, God says, I want you, Abraham, I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave your country. And I want you to leave everybody, your father, everyone. I want you to go to a place that I'm going to show you. And God then said, I will bless you, and you will be a blessing. I will make your name great. Everyone, anyone who curses you will have cursed. And if you read in verse 4, God spoke to him in verse 4, no question asked. So Abraham departed as the Lord 
has spoken to him. No questions asked. He obeyed instantly. Just like the man with the withered hand. No question asked. No, Lord, I don't feel anything. He just stretched out his hand. You want a miracle? Believe. Act on your faith. Abraham believed that voice that spoke to him. That mighty voice. And I'm sure he told his family, God's calling me out. What God? But he's not listening to them. He steps out, didn't know where he was going. And then you can go to Genesis chapter 17. And God spoke to him. God said, I'm going to make a covenant, special covenant with you now, Abraham. And I'm going to give you a mark of the covenant, circumcision. That's the covenant between me and you. And I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless your children. And I'll make your name great. If you read the scripture, that same day, at night, Abraham, God dealt with him while he was in the field. As soon as he got back home, he got the knife. (laughs) He circumcised himself. And that was a painful experience for a grown man. And got all, everyone in his home, all the males. I'm sure some of them were crying. What are you doing? But God said to do this. That same day. Let's read that scripture here. Genesis chapter 17, verse 23. So Abraham took Ishmael, his son, all who were born in his house, and all who were bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house, and circumcised the flesh of their foreskin that very same day. No question. And God's saying that that's the way God wants us to walk. Then you can go to Genesis chapter 22. And God's telling, telling Abraham, you know, that boy Isaac, I want you to take him to this mountain, Mount Moriah. I want you to take this boy up there and I want you to sacrifice him on the altar for me. God had already promised Abraham your through your son Isaac that's the one that I'm going to walk through and God was telling him he was telling Abraham I want you to destroy that boy but Abraham already knew God cannot lie my name is going to go on through this Isaac that he's saying I should kill Abraham reasoned in his mind, and you can turn to Romans chapter 4. Abraham reasoned, well, I'll kill him, and he's going to bring him back up. He said he was fully persuaded God was going to raise him up. He took him up. And you see, it took some days to get there. God didn't say, Abraham, you already left your home, because the next day, Abraham was ready to go up to do what God has asked him to do. The next day, he didn't tell his wife, no question. He didn't discuss it with his wife. They will argue from money till night. About, are you sure this, is this God told you to? I think your, your age is beginning to get into your head. That's our son. Our only son. And you want to kill him. And you're saying God is the one that told you to kill him. What God is that? Abraham knew. He recognized his voice. And when you hear his voice, Faith is born in you. 
And you have to, you can't help but respond. So he went up and God replaced. But the Bible says he got his son back in a figure. And you know what happened on that day? Abraham committed God also to give his son for you and I. Abraham gave his only son, his only begotten son. God had to do it. Abraham represented mankind, and God was on the other side of the covenant. You give me that little one, and I'll give you the greatest one. It's the same principle today. God's asking you to do just something very little. And He gives you the world. You have to believe. You have to act. Even when it doesn't make sense. It's even better when it doesn't make sense. And you are willing to act. You get God so excited. He's going to make you a showcase to the world. When you listen to Him. That's the message of our Lord Jesus Christ, the obedience of faith. Now, Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19, it says, If you are willing and obedient, you eat of the good of the land. That's all God is saying. He gives you his word, act on it. What I need us to do, go, if you have an area in your life, there's more to this message, my time is gone. Because there are things that God wants us to do first of all god says number one god tells us seek me first matthew 6 have you heard his voice if any other thing is distracting you from seeking god first if any other thing in this life is more important than seeking god first you haven't heard from him Maybe you are not a sheep. Seek you first. He says, that's uh, uh, Matthew 6, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And God said, all these things will be added. But your, your reasoning, no, I've got to seek these things. God, I'll get all these things first, and then I will come and use these things to serve you. God says, no, that's not the way it works. Seek me first, and I'll give everything to you. If you've heard it, then go for it. And you will be successful. That's faith. Secondly, God says for you to pray so that your needs be met. Talking to people about your needs will not help you. <laughs> They'll feel sorry for you and sometimes they will do this, pat you at the back, says, we'll be praying for you. Sometimes after they tell you, they'll pray for you. Once you leave, they've forgotten you. I mean, they're not praying for you. That's just being human. They don't mean that, but that's the way it is. So just don't depend on them. But God says, seek to get from Him if you have need. Listen to this scripture. If God will speak to you, listen to this scripture. In John chapter 16, verse 24, He says, God is speaking to you. I pray that you will hear his voice this morning. Maybe you have a need. Maybe you need a job. Maybe you need something from God. Whatever that is. Today is your day. Can I hear an amen? Today is your day. This is what Jesus said. Can you believe this? If you believe it and you act on it, God will do his own part. 
Look at what he said here. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. I said, did I hear right? Did you just say you have asked nothing in my name and you're asking me to please ask? Listen to what he says. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask. He's telling you to do it. Don't go tell somebody else to do it for you. He's talking to you. Ask. And you will receive. Not me. You will receive. Up till now, you have asked nothing in my name. You have a need. You've been talking to all of your friends and your family members. God says, that's okay. But ask me. And I'll give it to you. I will give it to you. If you believe it, ask him. The Bible says, if you believe, nothing shall be impossible. Ask. That you may receive. And then it says that your joy may be full. You know what that says? God loves you so much, he wants you to constantly be joyful. When you have problems and things are not working out well for you, it's hard to be joyful. And God hates it. God says, let's take care of that problem. Ask me so that I can give. What that says, until you ask, I cannot give to you. As simple as that. Ask him. At the end of the service, and if you're sick in the body, we'll ask our prayer partners to come. I believe God wants to heal you this morning. I don't care what you've got. There is no time with God. Whatever need you have, let somebody pray with you. You ask and God will do his part. But if you are hesitant to ask, and you are trying, let me go try. Maybe God, you didn't hear his voice. When you hear his voice, there is faith. And then there is the obedience of faith. You go to him saying, God, I know. I won't look to what I see with my eyes. I'm going to trust you. Amen? He said to ask. Pray to him. Number three. If you have financial need, God has something for you to do. A lot of people think it's for the church or for people. No, it's really about you. Open the door so that God will bless you. God tells us what to do. You argue about what God is just like the Jews arguing about Jesus telling them, I am the Messiah. And they want to understand it with their mind. You can't understand it. Or you will only understand it after you believe it. You will only receive after you believe. He says in Malachi, this is what God said, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Is it for God? No, it's really for me. And I'm telling you this, you cannot outgive God. You can't give anything to God and he won't give it back. God doesn't owe anybody anything. But if you don't have faith, you give in your mind, I just gave it to the church. Well, you got it wrong. The church is not the one that's telling you to give. God is the one telling you to give. And if you have that mentality, you give it to the church, well, go back to the church and tell them to give you the money back. But God is the one asking you, this is the way he wants to bless you and take you out of difficulty, poverty, and struggle. He says, do this for me. If you do this, I'll bless you. If you don't believe it, you won't do it. And pastor is not going to argue with you either. Keep your money. 
you're not hurting anybody but yourself. Like I said, you are your, your own worst enemy. You know what the Bible says? A man's, uh, a, man's, a man's enemy will be those of his own household. And if it's your own household, you are number one in the household. You are, your, you are, you are the greatest enemy to yourself. He says, bring all. Notice the word, he didn't say give, right? Is that the word give? No, bring, because it doesn't belong to you. Amen. Bring. It's not say give, bring. The tithe belongs to God. He says to bring that to his, to his storehouse, that's the house of God, that there may be food in my house. In other words, your concern is, I don't want that church not to be able to pay your bills. You are not concerned about anything. But my father's house, ministry must keep going there. If you have that kind of a mindset and you do it, sometimes you can even go overboard. God has found somebody to do business with. Because God is only after one business. The business of of his kingdom. How his kingdom is going to be spread. It says that there may be food in my house. In other words, they can pay their bills in our modern time. Pay the electricity bills. Buy new equipment and stuff like that so the work is going well. Good lighting and all of that. So people are comfortable, air conditioning, uh, all of that stuff. Those are important to God. People think they're not, but they are. They are His people. So there will be meat in my storehouse, He says. Food in my storehouse. And try me now. God says to test Him. Says the Lord of hosts. I, many, many times when I pray, I have to remind God, you are the Lord of hosts. You can read Psalm 24. He says, he's mighty, he's strong and mighty, mighty in battle, the Lord of hosts. God said, try me, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. If you really believe it, you, like I've read about the church, they will go to their pastor. Pastor, uh, do we have any need in the church? He said, what do you mean? I, w- I want to give to... Well, said, something is wrong with pastor. He's not coming up with projects now so we can give. I like that problem. <laughs> but they give. They give, sell their homes. I've heard people sell their house. I'm not telling you to do that unless God tells you to. But they've done that and God has given them more. It's a way. If God has spoken to you and God gives you the revelation, act on it. If he hasn't given you the revelation, that's okay. But desire to have the revelation. Amen? So that God will bless you. Fourth, and I'll close with this. Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And he wasn't talking to me, pastor. Or just about every one of us. Every one of you is a preacher. Every one of us has the responsibility of bringing somebody to Christ. If you think that's pastor's job, you you didn't hear from him. I knew this from the time I was newly saved. That I had to bring people to Christ. Many times in my early days, I was crying out to God. God, is something wrong with me? I need, I, need, I need a soul. How come they can win and I try and I'm not getting anyone? Finally, God started giving me. And even after I left, the seeds that I've sown 
There's a, a, a young man, a man in Dallas, and I say, Pastor, who told me, I listened, I watched what you were doing. He's a pastor of a church today. But at that time, I didn't think I was doing anything. But I was spreading the word. I'm very frustrated because I didn't see the fruit. Those are my children in Christ. Like Paul says, one of these days, many of them still alive serving God, one of these days I'm going to receive a reward when I get to heaven. And it's a huge reward. That's a human soul. And you have the power in your mouth to transport them from this earth, hell, into the kingdom of God. All in the words. If you are willing to just say something to them. Or even invite them to church. Now, I'm going to close with this. When you read the scripture... In John chapter 15, he says, Abide in me, and I will abide in you. If you don't abide in me, you won't bear fruit. He says, Every branch in me that bears fruit, the Father purges or cleanses, so it will bear more fruit. And most Christians will think he's talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Where the fruit of the Spirit, that's what it is. The fruit of the Spirit. That's not your fruit. Your fruit is the people you bring to Him. If you have the fruit of the Spirit, why do you need more cleansing? So you can bear more fruit of the Spirit? That's not what he's talking about. He brought you in so you can bring others to Him. And until God opens your mind to see that, then you don't understand much about the kingdom of God. Today, please understand God is looking for fruit. Every time he comes to you, he's, where am I, where the fruit? I need that fruit from you. Amen? Bow your heads with me this morning. You can't bear fruit until you are already part of the vine. And Jesus is the vine, and we, part of the vine, are branches to the vine, and God expects us to bear fruit if we are truly attached to the vine. The first thing a man has to do, the first thing a woman has to do, is to make sure that your relationship with Christ is solid. In Revelation, it says, I stand at the door and I knock. So Jesus has been standing at the door of many people's heart, wanting to come in, but they won't let him in. Today, you can let Jesus into your heart and let him be the Savior of your life. All heads bowed. The Holy Spirit is here this morning. Please be reverent to him. All heads bowed in true reverence before our God. Because some people are going to make a very significant decision in their lives today without fear. Don't look, not looking at anyone, just you and Jesus. He died for you. He paid the price. He hung on the cross for you. And if you were the only one, he would have done it because of his love for you. Honor him by turning your life over to him. You cannot make yourself righteous on your own. But you can turn that, that life that 
you and I have messed up and say, God, take me, mold me, and change, transform my life. You can do that today. And I'm asking you to make a commitment to Christ. I represent him this morning asking you as if he himself is speaking to you, saying to you, make that commitment to your God who created you. Make that commitment to him. At the count of three, Jesus here with us. He's here with us. Honor him by just raising your hand and say, I need Jesus in my life today. I want to follow Jesus. Because Jesus said to follow. At the count of three, would you do that? One, two, three. Raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's wonderful. There is much joy in heaven today because of these that have raised their hands wanting Jesus in their life. Such a precious decision takes me way back when I first accepted Christ and the peace that flooded my heart right after I accepted Him and made a decision to serve Him. Stand up with me this morning. We're all going to say the uh, prisoner's prayer. Especially for those that made a decision for God. Everything that we are doing here this morning is eternal. This day is going to be before you on the day of judgment. As to what you did with what you heard. Because Jesus spoke today. Thank God for those that made that decision. If you're here this morning and you didn't raise your hand, but you really wanted to, I want you to say the prayer from your heart, telling God, if you help me, I will serve you. That's what I did. I was in such bad situation, as I told you, the guy who brought me to Christ, he said, you were a mess. I didn't, I just wanted God to change me, and He did. Pray with me. Pray with me. Everyone, please repeat this. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Heavenly Father, I confess to you today that I'm a sinner. God, I ask that you forgive me my sins. Wash me with the blood of Christ, the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Make me clean. Write my name in your book of life. Jesus, I open the doors of my heart. Come into my life right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen.